Welcome to Grind, Grind, Sell, Sell, Elevate, Elevate, with your host, Tizer Evans, a podcast dedicated to bringing you the top minds in all areas of business, entrepreneurship, sales, and leadership. Let's elevate together. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me on Grind, Sell, and Elevate. This is your host, Tizer Evans, and I'm here with Joe Templin, who's the author of Everyday Excellence. Joe, thanks so much for joining me. Heiser, my pleasure. What do you want to talk about today? Well, I definitely want to talk about your book uh, and kind of your journey um, and kind of this pursuit of excellence and what, what that's meant to you. So why don't you introduce yourself a little bit about your background, uh, who you are, what you've done, uh, what you're up to now. Sure. So my name is Joe Templin. I am a polymath and autodidact in a lot of ways. I say polymath as opposed to Renaissance man, because even with a ruler, I can't draw a straight line. So there is no artistic ability in my body. It's all more science, writing, philosophy, martial arts, uh, psychology, stuff like that. And my background is I was a physicist. Um, actually, I started college at 13 because my parents said 12 was too young. And I was, became a physicist, uh, built weapons for the government for a while. Due to a family tragedy, went into financial advising for a decade plus. Left that to go into consulting where I was consulting back to a lot of the financial firms, teaching them basic psychology, um, business operations, things along those lines to help their reps grow and develop and become much more productive. Along the way, I picked up a world championship in Taekwondo, uh, started running marathons, realized I hated running marathons, so ultimately started running ultra marathons because two negatives make a positive. Um, and I I've been focusing on behavioral economics and human Kaizen for the past decade or so. Awesome. Well, you definitely have something to talk about. Yeah. Um, so what, I mean, you know, I kind of have a, a sense, um, but talk to us a little bit about this idea of what this idea of excellence came from and how that's kind of correlated and then played a part in your life. You know, why would you write a book on it? Um, partially because excellence is something that has, I've demanded of myself since as long as I can remember. I mean, I remember I was like nine or 10 years old sitting on my, my dad's lap with my grades for, and I got 98 and something. They joked, well, why isn't a hundred? And maybe I'm traumatized from that still to this day, almost 40 years later. But I mean, it set the expectation that you can do better. And then when I was 10 years old, and I died in an asthma attack, and came on back, I realized, okay, you know, you only get one chance for the most part. And so I started burning the candle at both ends and in the middle, as my friends will joke. And so we only get 86,400 seconds a day, whether you're Bill Gates or somebody in college. So how are you going to maximize that? Because you don't get them back. So that led to um, how I approached my martial arts and how I ended up approaching ultimately my businesses with this focus on 
being the absolute best that I could be in all capacities. So that included like breaking down every single talk that I would do into the micro components and practicing it and understanding the psychology behind it and tweaking it and practicing and practicing and practicing the same way that I would a play in volleyball or a form in martial arts or a piece of music when I was a cellist. So I took that approach and literally have built my career up from the ground that way as if it was a whole bunch of Legos that we wanted to assemble into something really cool. Awesome. Now, when you work with clients, you know, uh, who are trying to, I would have said, probably refine their day, either their business, their day, their personal and professional life. Yes. So, you know, uh, my buddy who I uh, co-locate my office with as an attorney is like, you're a guru. Why don't you just run my life for me? I'm like, no, I'll give you some guidance, but you got to do the hard work work. As Pat Summit said years ago at a talk that I attended uh, to her own kid, I will help you, but I will not start your engine. Matter more to me than it does to you. Now I will give you all the guidance. I will give you the support. I'll give you the pat in the back and the kick in the butt, but I can't do the work. I can't make you want to change. I can't demand excellence of you that you can't demand of yourself. However, I can help bring it out from you and give you guidance so that you can see what I see inside of you. The Michelangelo phenomena, as it's known, coaches have this very often, that we can see the potential inside others. Because mm -hmm. Michelangelo saw the David in the marble and just removed the pieces around it and allowed it to come free. As Bruce Lee said, remove the extraneous. And so that is what I do in a lot of ways is I inspire, but I also help guide because I can't do the work ultimately, but I can be there and be your biggest cheerleader. Yeah, makes that makes total sense. It's interesting because, you know, um, I'm definitely married to someone who's obsessed with uh, being a perfectionist. And is, is there a correlation from someone who's a perfectionist with excellence or are those two different things? Perfection is actually sometimes anathema to excellence because excellence it comes about uh, very much from the Stockdale paradox. You know, understand that stuff sucks, but you can get better. You know, um, excellence is continuous improvement, kaizen in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. but you know that you're never going to be perfect. And mm -hmm. so sometimes you have to say it's good enough. And as the former gifted child, that was very difficult to learn because we were always taught to shoot for perfection. Anything less than that is a failure. But here's the thing. How fast can somebody run? I mean, you're not going to run a marathon in one hour. It is beyond the capability of the human body. So excellence is understanding where your limits are currently or your standards and focusing on getting to a higher level overall. So instead of competing against somebody else, you're competing against yourself, which is one of the classic martial arts concepts and doing it across multiple areas because there's a lot of people who are perfectionists in one area like musicians but are complete and total you know dumpster fires in other areas of their life sure and we see this with brilliant rock stars uh composers there's lots of people like that versus excellence is cross 
disciplinary. It touches on your personal health, your mental health, your nutrition, your education, your occupation, your relationships. So it really bleeds into a lot of these other areas. And so it's an understanding that I am never going to be perfect, but I am both the sculptor and the clay and I can be better than I am today. Yeah. Well, I asked that strategically and you answered the way I was hoping, uh, because I think that there's people out there who are like, man, I, I would, I would never be excellent at anything, you know, much as I try. And, and for me, you got, I'm a huge proponent of like never striving to be perfect. Right. Right. But what you're talking about making incremental games every single day. Right. It's like, I, every day I want to show up and be that 1% better. I want to give 120% with the day. I want to take the most from the day, like to your point, not waste the 86,000 seconds or, Minutes, is it? No, it's is it seconds. 86 seconds. 400 seconds. So okay. at the end of the day, you know, you're tired, but you're like, it's a good sort of tired. You earn totally. your beer, or as uh, Matthew McConaughey says in Green Lights, earn your weekend. You know, yeah. you, you lay it all out there. You, if you look back at your day or your week, you're like, okay, what, could I, what should I have done more of? is very little what can i do better well you look at it and you learn after action debrief essentially so you can improve in the future but you're not going to have big regrets right totally what why do you think that because i do think that a lot of people do have a lot of regrets i think most people do you know it's like a for andy Forsella or somebody said something about a, a graveyard it, it's a place with the most untapped potential right yeah uh, the graveyard and something like 75 percent of the people are unhappy with their jobs and a lot of people think that this is a big scary thing that i'm attempting whether it's to run a marathon or you know to get my phd eventually or you know to ask out the pretty girl and so they have learned that failure is bad and so to avoid failure they avoid even trying Okay, Mm -hmm. so they can't lose the game that they don't play. But here's the the thing. You are born. You're in the game of life. So you might as well play it and play it hard and swing for the fences. Yeah. Okay. I I see all these people are like, no, I'm not going to try. It's better. Don't even because I'll get, you know, dinged up. I'll get hurt. You know what? Life's going to ding you up and you develop resilience by having small dings on a regular basis by pushing yourself to your extremes so that you uncover these strengths. You know, muscles get bigger and stronger by being pushed to the point of failure and hurting them by tearing mm-hmm. them a little bit. Same thing with your relationships, same thing with your men- your mental capacities across all these different parameters. It is doing the difficult things that makes you better. As JFK said when he was talking about us going to the mood, we choose to do these things not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Right. And doing the hard things makes you stronger mentally, physically, emotionally, and allows you to be able to do greater things overall. There's the old Chinese saying, sweat more in practice, bleed less in battle. And people want to avoid bleeding in battle, but ultimately you're going to be in fights. It's called life. It is inevitable, as Thanos would say. So the fact that you're going to have to deal with this, the fact that you're going to get older, the fact that your parents are going to probably need to have help because they're going to 
three quarters of people turning 65 this year need long-term care assistance mm -hmm. at some point in their life. You're going to have a friend with cancer. Okay. I buried my best friend when we were 42 years old. So you're going to face these things unless you live in a little bubble and have nothing around you other than, you know, a couple of fake cats because even cats are going to pass on so you're sure. going to have pain you're going to have suffering so instead of trying to avoid it embrace it go after it become stronger so that you can tolerate these things overall and excellence is about doing that on a regular basis and choosing the difficulties so that you can have a greater outcome overall so for people that because uh, it sounds like you know um you know, from your childhood and uh, not that I was a, a, a prodigy, uh, but I was a triathlete scholar. And so, you know, I was involved in a lot of sports. I did a lot of clubs, you know, I was always busy. And, and I think through that, it just conditioned my mind to be a lot different as an adult where I embrace leadership. I embrace work because I've just always worked, you know, and just what, what you do. And, and, but not a lot of people do that or continue that type of mentality. Um, that's you part know, of the problem right there. Right. So that's what I wanted to ask you is if, if you're someone, because most people are not going to understand where you're coming from or where I come from. Maybe you don't get, you know, why I get up at 430. Right? Yeah, they call us mutants. So, so if someone's like, hey, I got to change though. I'm broke. I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. Right. How, what are some baby steps I start to take to have, you know, one of the big things that you put on uh, when I was reading through your website is accountability, right? And I'm a huge proponent of extreme accountability. So how do we start to get people to pivot just where they're at in their life and taking baby steps? Well, you said it right there, baby steps, because babies start toddling, they fall down, they get up, they keep going, they fall down. And does a baby ever say, you know what, this walking thing, it's not for me. I'm right. never going to be like my older brother or what have you. No, they're figuring it out. They're pulling out chairs. They're climbing up to get to the cookie jar because they want it so badly. They, you know, and then one day they're just running around causing all sorts of chaos because that's what happens with kids. Why don't we adopt that mentality as a, a grown up, saying, I'm going to take baby steps and I'm going to fall on my butt. But you know what? It's not going to be fatal. And I'm going to get up. I'm going to try again. I'm going to get up. I'm going to try and get, and I'm going to go from being able to toddle one step to being able to toddle three steps, to being able to do five steps, to going across the room, to running around the block, to doing a 5k, to doing it a 10k it might take me six months to get up to that, but I'm going to take those little baby steps. And I'm going to consistently do it because I want that cookie jar. I want what's over there. I want that thing. And I'm going to put myself into growth mode because what I want is important enough for me to fall down over and over and over again. And people don't have that mentality. And this is one of the things where athletes actually have a huge advantage over lots of other individuals because they learn to fail as part of their success. And that's one of the reasons why they're very good in sales overall. Mm -hmm. This is one of the reasons why musicians actually can ultimately make great doctors or other professionals because they learn to practice the basics. I'm going to start playing violin. And it's going to sound like I'm strangling a cat and it's going to be like, ee, ee, ee. but I 
we practice it again and again and again, and then I can do my scales, da, da, da. And I practice that and practice them. And from there, I can build on up and be able to play these huge concertos by understanding the work and increasing the difficulty and doing what I need to, but with a vision and being exposed to what that should sound like. So if we expose people to excellence, to great mentors, to people who are doing what they want, who two or three years previous were sitting on the couch just like this individual and have made little changes consistently, those baby steps to be more than what they are. They don't have to be, you know, incredible triathletes or anything like that, but they are a step along the path that the individual now who's not doing very much can see and be like, I can do that. I can be like that a little bit of practice and get a little bit better. And so have that sort of mentality and have your support team, have the person patting you on the back saying, good job. Having the person say, you can do this. Hey, I know that today sort of sucked, but you got through it. The best workout is the workout you do. Right. The, you know, the one that's it's the hardest is probably going to give you the most results when you have to fight yourself to get up and go run or pick up the weights or to eat healthy or to crack that book and study. Guess what? Those are the moments that make you a champion because they're the most difficult to do at that stage in the game for you. And when everyone feels good and it's easy, that's not when you're getting the gains. It's when you have to tap into the reserves and overcome yourself to do it. That's when you get your best growth. And the quickest growth, uh, for sure. Um, it, well, it's, it's funny as you're, you're talking. Um, so I, I coach my, my, both my son's basketball. And my oldest son, he's seven, and he's, uh, he's pretty good. Um, and he, he had never lost a basketball game before. He's, he usually will outscore the other team himself. And, yeah. um, and, and so we ran up against a team that, you know, they, they, they had all played together and they were pretty good. They're setting their set nope. picks and stuff in the first grade. I was like blown away. And so he lost, he lost, uh, we lost last Saturday, first basketball game he ever lost. He sat on the bench and cried and I let him have his moment. You know, I want him to feel his feelings, but I was like happy, you know, I was like, okay, he just failed. And so nope. this week, you know, he held himself accountable and I went out with him. We just came back in so I could do this but we've gone out and we've played an extra 30 minutes every day because he doesn't want to lose again. Right. So I'm teaching them. How to and losing is one of the best ways to learn to win. Sure. They're better sure. than you. Why are they better than you? What did they do? Okay. Are you ready to practice? As you know, Brett Hall said, losing sucks. And so you should lose enough so that you learn how to win properly. Hey guys, I want to make you aware of another really great podcast. My friend Seamus Madden, he runs a podcast called Markets, Business, Investing in Tech. Go check it out. It's a podcast with a wide variety of guests that discussing topics of entrepreneurship, tech, startups, investing, and venture capital. The podcast is designed to provide you with a view for insights and unpack stories of entrepreneurs. So please go check that out. I love that it's such a wide-ranging podcast, uh, you know, especially with the tech piece and investing. It's so important. Once you learn how to make money, got to know what to do with it. So go check out Seamus Madden's podcast, Markets, Business, Investing, and Tech Podcast on all platforms. Um, it's highly rated, five-star review. So go check it out. To totally. Um, it, it, and so there's been a lot, some of that reflection as well. But I want to get from your perspective, though, when should you hold yourself accountable or how frequently should you look at auditing yourself as far as you're looking at this daily or looking at this weekly, like, 
and on what uh, what type of scope because i think it's so important I, I look a couple of times a day across the different parameters and you know i make sure that every single day i take care of what's on my checklist so you know i checked off every single thing that i needed to accomplish today uh with my index card and i hold myself accountable to that i have individuals in my life in different capacities that i have to check in on where it's mm -hmm. about my running or if it's about certain things in terms of building the business or those different components of what's important to me. So I probably check in a little bit more often than others, but there's an old saying in sales that, you know, you don't, if you don't keep, you don't know if you're winning the game. And, and so I keep score on lots of different things, where it's my activity measures, where it's production, whether it's miles run. So I'm a little bit more extreme than most people that way, because I'm not a natural born salesman i'm not a natural athlete i need to rely upon my metrics and processes to reinforce the fact that okay i did 15 reach outs to potential podcasts today i know from my numbers i'm going to get the results i need so i did what i had to up front and as my kids know my kids are wicked smart and so i'm like dude you can get 100 in school by barely cracking the book so all i care about are two things effort and attitude Mm -hmm. And so my kids, like my one who's a brilliant mathematician is like, yeah, I got 98 math on this test and everything. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to ask you is like, yes, you know, my effort was actually good. I made one small little mistake and, you know, I've learned from it and my attitude was good. I showed up, I put forth effort. I was, you know, good with everybody else. I'm like, all right, buddy, that's what I wanted to hear. That's the path to greatness right there. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, because um, I think that, as you know, especially for me, like being in sales, like if people will have their MBAs or they could have their doctor, it makes no difference. Like if you show up and you have a good attitude and you're consistent and you do the work, like you're going to make money, you know, and yeah. that's, and that's, it, that's what a lot of people miss. Yeah, it's, it's like the flywheel. You get it going. If you have to do, you know, 20 dials per day or seven presentations per week. In the first week, it might you might not be making any money. In fact, you're probably not because of however long your sales cycle is. But sure. you do it, the activity again and again and again, and you're running sufficient activity and your skill set's improving and you should be practicing on the side, by the way. Um, but you consistently do it and you get that flywheel up to speed and then the machine is functioning and you just it takes less effort to keep the machine running at a high level than it does to push it there. So if you keep pushing it in the proper timing it's going to go faster and faster and have more and more energy you're going to have more production come out the other side totally agree well what are some things that people could start to do to reconstruct their day we talked a little bit about how important accountability is flying, nope. pen, flying pen there um but uh what are some things you know should people start looking at hey how am i ending my day or how i start my day the middle of my day what are some basic tips you can help people start to construct a good day of excellence the first the most important thing i believe is the why because as frederick nietzsche says a man with a strong enough why will be able to overcome any how so why are you doing this why is this important because having an incredibly powerful why will push you through the worst times. It will help you from a motivation and discipline point of view. And so like special needs parents understand this, uh, somebody who's got a close friend or spouse who's going through cancer, you know, mm -hmm. there's a big why there. If you want to lose 30 pounds, just to lose 30 pounds, it's not as, uh, 
powerful as saying, I'm going to lose 30 pounds so that when I go to my high school reunion in three months, I look awesome and I make my ex, you know, jealous. That, you know, it might be a petty reason to do it, but it's a reason and it's a strong why. Yeah. And then you can build your reinforcements around. So why are you doing this? Is it for, you know, to pay for the kid's education? Is it to buy the house? Is it to finish your degree? So start with your why, because that's going to provide all the power. And then remember that your day begins the night before. You can't be up until drinking until early o'clock in the morning and be able to answer the bell at 6 a.m. Sure. Okay, you're going to have that carryover effect. So your night starts the night before. So one of the last things I do before going to bed every single night is I prep my coffee pot for the next morning. Hmm. Okay, so I get up when my alarm goes off at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, I have one at 4.30, one at 4.34, and I sit there or lay there and meditate and focus on my goals and do my gratitudes and all that in that couple of minutes. So I'm priming my brain before I get out of bed. Second alarm goes off, get up go turn on the coffee pot. And I'd left a half a cup of coffee to begin my day with drink my coffee, sit down, write whatever's in my brain. Cause I've got a hyperactive brain. A lot of stuff is in there. Just write it on out. Then I sit there and I read, uh, last year was daily stoic. This year it's the daily laws by Robert green. Mm-hmm. And then I read everyday excellence every single morning. I read my own book that day's page and do my action item. So I'm living what I'm preaching to other individuals. Then I get up and I work out for 20 minutes and talk about consistency. Every single day, I do 100 punches each hand. hand. I'm a martial artist. I do the first punch that I ever learned back when in 1983. I do the exact same technique. I do 100 times each hand. I have now done over 10 million punches each hand in my life. I don't need to think. Think about it. But this is going back to that Lego analogy from earlier, where you start with those fundamentals, those building blocks, and you build up from there. That is starting my dominoes for the day. Those first couple of things, habit stacking, as James Clear would talk about. That's yeah. how I start my day. I have that 20-minute workout. Then I sit down and I write every single morning. Whether it's five minutes or a half hour, I write until whatever's in my head is out of my head, which uh, got there from my reading and from that little workout. Then I get up and I take care of doing what I need to do to get ready for the day. I start my day and I'm off and running. But by stacking like that and looking the night before how I needed to set up my day and prepping it, I make sure that I get off to a good start no matter what and I'm going. And so it, I have a theory, win the morning, win the day. Mm-hmm. So I try and make sure, you know, I get up at 4.30, as I said, and do all that. By 6.15, I have had more productivity than most people do for their entire day. There's nobody to bother me. There's no boss, you know, looking over my shoulder or people disrupting my flow. I do that. Then I go and I'm either doing phone conferences and video conferences from home, or I drive down to the office and I'm here to do them uh, because of the better internet connection. And I'm going. And I just focus on doing what I need to do. So start early, actually prep the night before, set up your morning so that you can win it. Make sure that every single day that you're taking care of your body, taking care of your mind, taking care of your spirit. And when you go to work, work. When I play, I play. I try not to have the two intermix. Yeah. Because you're not going to do either one nearly as well as you should.
Yeah, no, that's that's good advice. Now, Joe, if people want to pick up your book, uh, can where can they find that at? So it's on Amazon and all the normal bookstore places that you can find it, or you can go to our website, which is everyday-excellence.com, everyday-excellence.com. They might want to go to the website anyway, because five times a week, I put up a micro blog. So it's literally a one to two minute read, hmm. quick hit, give you a, a spot of inspiration or, or insight to be able to turn around and help your day. Awesome. Super cool. Yeah. I, I checked out your website. It is a good resource. There was a lot of content on the, on the blog. You've got other podcasts you've been on as additional resources. You can buy the book there. Um, and then if you're interested, you can read a little bit more about Joe's story as well, because we didn't get into a ton uh, of his background because a short amount of time um, and want to get more of the nuggets out to be able to help everybody. But he's got an interesting uh, personal story as well. And then, Joe, where can people connect with you? Is the website the best place or if they want to follow more of your content? Um, If they want to follow me, I've got a Facebook group and also on Twitter. And the handle for each of those is the same. It's at EDE with Joe. So at EDE for Everyday Excellence with Joe, J-O-E. Nice and simple. Perfect. I'll write that down. Um, so everybody listening, I will have a link to Joe's website in the show notes. I also put a link to his handles into the book. Uh, so you guys can just scroll down there, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to on a podcast, scroll down, hit a link, follow, check out the book. The book, like it's really cool because it seems like to me, it's it's like a kind of a, a, a journey, right? It, like it, it, it's walking you through every day, uh, something in there. Yep. And every day sort of flows into the next day, sort of like James Joyce Ulysses. So yeah. there's no major, you know, like big overarching themes for a month or anything like that. But there are particular days that have some value, like uh, St. Patrick's Day talks about being Irish. Valentine's Day talks about love. Um, you know, uh, Star Wars Day obviously has a Star Wars quote, May the 4th. I'm the nerd. Sorry, not going to apologize. Uh, so there's that. And the big thing is that the day every single one has an action item associated with yeah which forces people to instead of just oh that was nice and disconnect from it they actually have to do something might take one minute at that time might be something that they spread throughout the day like smiling at 10 people but it's something that is going to help get them that one percent better overall for the day that's awesome and that's what I, you know, for me, uh, one of the reasons, you know, I wanted to have you on was to talk about that because it, it is, it just is taking those small little incremental games. And if you have a bit of a roadmap or a playbook to kind of help nudge you along your way, then it just makes it that much easier. Joe, uh, appreciate you coming on. Um, any parting words for us? Be excellent and grow today. <laughs>